Essence of Tea, episode 59. Welcome. You are listening to the Essence of Tea podcast, where we share about the world of tea with you. From tea tastings to tea history and culture to tea education, health, and wellness, the Essence of Tea is your tea companion through your personal transformation and growth. I'm your host, Jenny Jie. Now let's get started. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode of Tea. So my name is Jenny, and today I will be going over creamed honey and fun things you can do with cream honey. Well, this episode is about tea. So what does that have to do with honey? Well, we have some fun creamed honey flavors that are tea themed. Obviously, being a tea company in Alaska, one of the things that we sell is tea and with tea comes with honey, right? So today I'll be explaining to you what creamed honey is, why it's so beneficial, especially going into the cold winter months and how it's different than whipped and creamed, uh, whipped and spun honey. So in Alaska, where we're located, We have the northernmost tea company and tea farm, and we also sell honey because most people like honey in their cup of tea. So with tea, usually we're going to have problems, especially using our local raw honey to be crystallized. It gets really rock hard. And so having to squeeze the honey into your, you know, cup of tea sometimes is a little hard and you might have to you know, soak it in hot water because it's raw honey. You might need to, you know, put it, heaven forbid, the microwave, which you should not do. But anyways, especially here in Alaska, where my house is usually about 64 degrees, as soon as the temperature of the honey is less than 100 degrees, our raw local honey, it starts to get hard. It gets rock hard and you got to chisel it out with a knife and it gets crunchy. So why does it do that? Why does raw honey do that? First of all, it's a great sign in knowing that your honey is super premium quality, that it has low water content in it. It's not watered down. It's full of goodness from the bees. So because there's less water in it, it's actually a higher quality honey which also means it has the problem of crystallizing and being rock hard. And that crystallization goes in a random formation. So that random formation actually makes the pressure of you trying to squeeze it out or scoop it out really inaccessible. So what have people in the honey industry done in order to make honey more accessible even in the cold winter months? Well, what they would do is they could add air to it and create whipped or spun honey. Well, just like whipped cream, it might be um, inflated, fluffy, smooth, soft, right? But over time, just like whipped cream, it can deflate over time. And it can also go back into being rock hard honey because it's natural for the honey crystallization to be in this random formation. So why did we start creating creamed honey. And what is creamed honey? Well, first of all, creamed honey has no dairy in it, right? Has no milk in it, has no cream in it. It's named after its creamy texture. And its creamy texture stays consistently creamy no matter what temperature it is outside. 
So if you want a honey that is always accessible, always malleable and flexible, creamed honey is the way to go. And we just started making creamed honey last November because it was another year of decreased sales of honey. Because who wants to buy rock hard honey, right? And even on our website, we've tried to educate people and letting them know the difference of raw local honey from Alaska versus, you know, pasteurized honey in the grocery store that will always stay liquidy. So with that, we started making creamed honey. And with the creamed honey, we have now fun flavors such as, well, we have our original fireweed honey. We also have it in matcha, right? We also have it in Earl Grey, see? where it's connecting with tea, because we couldn't make just regular plain flavors of apple cinnamon or, I don't know, like raspberry creamed honey or chocolate creamed honey. We had to do tea-themed ones, right? Because that's why we got episodes about tea. And lavender. Lavender is a really popular one, too. This one we launched just this past spring. So creamed honey is really nice to have in the cold winter months because it's always accessible. It's always malleable. So how does it become malleable? How does it not become rock hard or will it become rock hard? I'm sure you have tons of questions about what is the science besides um, behind creamed honey. So Creamed honey is technically just raw honey that actually is crystallized already. It's already crystallized, but instead of a random formation that makes it rock hard, it ends up being in a smooth lattice formation. So the building blocks are always smooth and malleable. So just imagine a diamond, right? A diamond is made out of carbon and it's rock hard, right? It's one of the hardest things out there. And because of its lattice structure, right? So that's the carbon is formed in a very strong lattice structure that doesn't let anything just break it away very easily. But then there is carbon that we know of in a pencil, like in your classrooms that you've had and you wrote with graphite. And that's also carbon. But the lattice structure is in a smooth formation. So that lattice structure just slides, the carbon just slides. You're not like writing with a diamond that's cutting up your piece of paper on the table. So the same type of science goes behind creamed honey. Creamed honey is named after its creamy texture, which means that there's actually no cream in it. And so when we have the honey temperature starting to drop, we seed it with a creamed honey already. So you get a starter and you create a chain effect. So there's temperature control, and then there's the fun recipe controls of infusing it with lavender, with matcha. So today I'm gonna show you how I make um, our matcha toast, right? Who wouldn't want a delicious matcha toast for breakfast? That was sweet, right? So I know a lot of you like drinking matcha in the morning, and some of you like it sweet. So in this way, we have it preserved in this all natural, um, a raw form of, of our matcha creamed honey. So what we do is we add the matcha to, to the honey. I mean, it's, it's a pretty simple concept, but there's a lot of testing involved. And so creamed honey is always spreadable. In fact, when we sample out the creamed honey, it actually is just sampled in little 
wooden stir sticks that are really flimsy. But then people can see how flexible and soft this crystallized, smooth, malleable honey is. So even at 60 degrees in your house or you're camping out, you don't have to deal with, you know, rock hard honey. You can have it spreadable all year round. So some questions I have is, well, you know, you always suggest, Jenny, that you can put it on food. And that's true because honestly, I don't actually put much honey in my tea. You can, of course, always put your matcha creamed honey, your Earl Grey creamed honey, your lavender creamed honey in your tea. It would taste delicious. It would give it a little boost of sweetness and flavor. But honestly, for me, I've always used honey on food, cooking with it, baking with it, making it into a glaze. So great ideas of using the matcha creamed honey is putting it on toast, putting it on apple slices, or you can even use it as a glaze for grilled king salmon. So if you wanna check out our YouTube episode of when we're cooking and grilling with tea at 20 below with Chef Eric Marshall, feel free to go to our YouTube channel and look for that episode. And he grills king salmon over an open fire with the matcha creamed honey as a glaze. So super smooth, super malleable, getting the health benefits of the raw local honey, raw fireweed honey that we have here in Alaska, and also the matcha benefits. Now our matcha isn't super grassy. So when you're wanting to pair it with different foods, you have to make sure that the balance is just right. And so when we designed the matcha creamed honey, we didn't want it to overwhelm the honey. We didn't want to overwhelm any sort of food that we put in. So of course it's not super grassy, but also the honey, like a lot of people sometimes complain about is like, they don't like adding honey to things because the honey overpowers whatever they're putting it in. So some people don't like putting the creamed honey or honey at all in their tea beverage because they feel like all they're tasting is sweetness. That has to do with the amount of honey that you put in, the type of honey that you put in. Is it been cut with um, corn syrup? Are you sure it's 100% raw honey? And now what are ways that you can store this honey so it's always preserved, right? Do you need to keep in the refrigerator? No, you don't need to keep in the refrigerator. It will not decrystallize until it hits about close to 90 degrees. So that crystallization is what you want to preserve if you're storing it on your counter, in your house, when you're not using it actively in food or in tea. So you can have it even in the freezer if you wanted to, but there's actually no reason why to put it in the freezer. It's not going to dissolve. This crystallization will not get any harder unless it literally is frozen, right? But it can be staying at regular room temperature, 70 degrees, 60 degrees. You know, when you get up to upper 85 degrees, you're starting to soften the honey a lot. And then when that crystallization eventually liquefies completely back to liquid um, honey, that's when you've lost that lattice structure of the work that I've put into, into making it into creamed honey. So you want to keep your creamed honey just at room temperature. You don't want to put it somewhere super hot. No, you do not want to put it in a hot water bath to dissolve all the crystallization because when it starts to crystallize and when it starts to cool down into regular room temperature, it will go right back into that random lattice formation that makes it rock hard. So how do we 
think of all of these fun ideas, these recipes with tea, applications with tea, not just that, even the health benefits of tea. If you're curious to learn more about tea, fun things to do with tea, health benefits of tea, and much more. At the end of October, I have a free five-day class that you can sign up today for. If you want to click the link below, there's a link to the five days of tea free mini course. It's only for five days. And I only, well, I think this is the first time I've done it this year. So I don't often teach this five-day free mini course, but you can check it out today, sign up today, or you can text in five days of tea, the number five days of tea, all one word to 206-339-4587 and sign up for the five days of tea. You'll learn about the health benefits of tea, the history of tea, fun recipes to make with tea, the healing properties of tea and the benefits and so much more. You don't want to miss this free mini course. And if you've got a tea bestie, why not invite them? It's all virtual. There's a free workbook as soon as you sign up. There's free workbook in there in the portal for the five days of tea for you mini course. And I will be going over other fun things to do with tea and how I've come up with these recipes with the food science that I've learned over the past 30 years. So join me today for the five days of tea free mini course by going to... Um, to text 206-339-4587. Text the word five, like the number five, days of tea, all one word. And I can't wait to see you there. I would love to hear more about other fun things you'd like to learn about tea, benefits, and so much more. So I can't wait to see you. Join today and um, we'll have a great, awesome start to our fall this year. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can watch us film this podcast live, ask for questions, and maybe win some cool prizes. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Sipping Streams on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram.